Hello, and welcome to the Hurricane Utah Adult Religion Class, sponsored by the Hurricane Utah North Stake of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. My name is Mike Parker, and I'm the instructor for the class. The Hurricane Utah Adult Religion Class meets on Thursday evenings between September and May to discuss the scriptures of the Restored Church of Jesus Christ. If you live in or are visiting the Hurricane St. George area, I'd love to have you join us. Links to the class website are available in the show notes for this video. On the website, you can download my notes, which includes footnotes documenting my sources, this PowerPoint slide presentation, and handouts that I distribute in class. Please note that this YouTube channel and the class website are not official sites of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Hurricane Utah North Stake, or any other church unit or department. I alone am responsible for these sites and the materials on them. In this course, we're going to approach the Book of Mormon mostly in the same order that it's arranged in the text, beginning with Lehi's call at the start of 1 Nephi and ending with Moroni's farewell at the end of the Book of Mormon. I've rearranged some of the chapters in Mosiah so that we'll read the events it describes in chronological order. Zenith's return to the land of Lehi-Nephi first, and then Ammon's expedition two generations later to find Zenith's descendants. We'll cover the history of the Jaredites at the end of the course, even though their story begins long before Lehi and his family left Jerusalem. We'll also separate into two lessons, the story of the Jaredites and the commentary Moroni made within his abridgment of the Jaredite history. The required materials for this course are the standard works. Your edition should be the one published by the church start, starting with or since 1981. If you're using the church's gospel library app for mobile devices, then you have the latest edition. There's one additional book I'm gonna recommend that will aid your study of the Book of Mormon. It's listed on the syllabus that you can download from the class website. It's the Annotated Book of Mormon, edited by Grant Hardy and published this year, 2023, by Oxford University Press. Dr. Hardy is a Latter-day Saint and a professor of history and religious studies at University of North Carolina, Asheville. In 2003, he published the Book of Mormon, a reader's edition, which reformatted the text of the Book of Mormon into paragraphs, placing quotation marks around material quoted by the book's authors, and he made other typesetting changes that make the Book of Mormon easier and more enjoyable to read. In 2019, he published an updated version of his work through the Neil A. Maxwell Institute at Brigham Young University. The annotated Book of Mormon is Hardy's most recent version of his previous books. It adds extensive footnotes that explain the text. This edition is available in hardcover for $36 from Amazon.com, that's as of the time of this video, and for $40 directly from the publisher. All of Hardy's royalties on the sale of his book will be donated to the Humanitarian Aid Fund of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Other suggested resources are also listed on the back of the syllabus available on the class website. Ultimately, the goal of every class in the Restored Church should be to bring us to Christ. 
In this class, we're going to do this by examining the Lord's commandments and promises in the Book of Mormon. The Hurricane Utah adult religion class is different than other classes you'll typically encounter in the church. Most church classes focus on practical application of gospel principles, using the scriptures only to the extent that they illustrate these principles. And that's perfectly fine and probably appropriate for most classes. In this class, however, we're going to focus instead on understanding the text of the scriptures. We're going to examine the Book of Mormon from several aspects, including history. What does the historical record in the Book of Mormon tell us about the Lehite and Jaredite peoples? What successes did they have that we should emulate? What failures did they have that we should avoid? We'll look at it from the aspect of culture. What were the cultural expectations and the assumptions of the ancient people who wrote the Book of Mormon? What cultural expectations and assumptions do we bring to the text? Do we sometimes misread or misunderstand the Book of Mormon because we read it as if the people who wrote it believed and thought like 21st century Americans? Geography. What do we know about the sites and locations of the events described in the Book of Mormon? How can we better understand the historical accounts by placing them into Mormon's internal map? Textual development. How did the Book of Mormon come to be written, compiled, and translated? What changes have been made to the text since it was first published in 1830? Who made these changes and why did they make them? Modern revelation. Do the revelations to Joseph Smith and other modern prophets help us understand the prophets and their teachings in the Book of Mormon? And if so, how? Apologetics. Apologetics is the defense of one's beliefs from criticism. The Book of Mormon claims to be a historical record of an ancient people written by ancient prophets. Its critics claim that it was written by Joseph Smith or someone working with him in the early 19th century. What evidence is there that the Book of Mormon is really an ancient work? Are there features in the text that make it unlikely or perhaps even impossible that Joseph Smith or his associates could have written it? And then finally, and most importantly, faith. What do we learn about God the Father, our Savior Jesus Christ, and the plan of salvation from the writings in the Book of Mormon? How can we apply what we learn about these things in our lives? As I just mentioned, this class is different than what you'd normally expect from a gospel doctrine class or even an institute course. We're not going to avoid or gloss over challenging questions and uncomfortable topics. In fact, we're gonna confront them head on. This course will be faithful to the leaders of the restored church where they have spoken definitively, unanimously, and by revelation, their teachings constitute the doctrine of the church. At the same time, Elder D. Todd Christofferson taught, it should be remembered that not every statement made by a church leader, past or present, necessarily constitutes doctrine. Individual leaders have disagreed about matters that haven't been clearly established by revelation. In some cases, an opinion held by an influential church leader may be widely believed by members of the church, but that does not make a doctrine. Where the doctrine of the church has not been clearly and conclusively established on a subject, we'll examine different faithful interpretations. I feel it's important to state explicitly that I am not infallible. If you have questions or concerns about anything that I say in any of the videos on this channel, please get in touch with me. There's a contact form on the class website. You'll find it linked in the menu on the left side of each page. If anyone watching this is not a Latter-day Saint, I'd like to expend a special welcome to you and tell you how grateful I am that you've taken the time to watch this video. In this class, 
we use Latter-day Saint scriptures, the Bible, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price, to help us understand and interpret the Book of Mormon. We believe these four books are equal in authority and are complementary companions. And that brings us to the main subject of the class that we're going to address. That's the title page of the Book of Mormon. The title page is located at the beginning of the Book of Mormon. In modern editions published by the church, it precedes the contents page. Who wrote the title page? While compiling the history of the church in 1839, Joseph Smith noted, quote, I wish also to mention here that the title page of the Book of Mormon is a literal translation taken from the very last leaf on the left-hand side of the collection or book of plates, which contained the record which has been translated, the language of the whole running same as all Hebrew writing in general. And that said title page is not by any means a modern composition, either of mine or of any man's who has lived or does live in this generation. The prophet didn't reveal the name of the title page's author, but the text of the title page indicates that it was sealed by the hand of Moroni. So Moroni, the last survivor of the Nephite people, almost certainly wrote it. The title page is therefore part of the scriptural text of the Book of Mormon. Unlike the introduction, the table of contents, most chapter headings, the footnotes, the pronunciation guide, and other supplementary materials which were prepared by the church much later. And because it was the last written text in the Book of Mormon, the title page is actually a postscript to the book rather than a preface. BYU professor Sidney B. Sperry, who passed away in 1977, hypothesized that Moroni wrote this title page in two parts at two separate times. His belief was that Mormon chapter 8, the second half of verse 12 and verse 13, was Moroni's original farewell, after which he wrote the first paragraph of the title page. Finding that there was still space on the plates and that he hadn't died, contrary to what he had expected, Moroni abridged the record of the Jaredites and added his own commentary to it, after which he authored his own book and then the second paragraph of the title page. Let's look now at the contents of the title page. The first part tells us about the author of the Book of Mormon and his sources. The Book of Mormon, an account written by the hand of Mormon upon plates taken from the plates of Nephi. The name Book of Mormon was not created by Joseph Smith. Rather, it was the title given by Mormon himself to his own work, or possibly by Moroni in honor of the work his father had done in abridging the Nephite record. Mormon and Moroni used several sources to compile the record. The plates of Nephi mentioned at the top of the title page are the large plates of Nephi. These plates were created by Nephi, son of Lehi, and contained a longer secular account of the history of the Nephite people. The large plates were handed down through the lineage of the Nephite kings. Mormon was the last Nephite record keeper to write on the large plates after which he abridged their historical record onto his own set of plates. The books of Mosiah through Mormon are Mormon's abridgment from the large plates of Nephi. 
The Lord commanded Nephi to make a second set of plates that would contain the more sacred things of Nephite history, including ministering, preaching, prophesying, and revelation. These small plates of Nephi were handed down from father to son until they were filled, after which they were given to King Benjamin. The small plates were among many records entrusted to the prophet Mormon. The Lord commanded Mormon to insert them without abridging them into his own record for a reason that was not known to Mormon. The reason became known 1400 years later. This record became the replacement for the 116 manuscript pages lost by Martin Harris, which contained Joseph Smith's translation of Mormon's abridgment of the record of Lehi on the large plates. The books of 1 Nephi through Omni were translated from the small plates of Nephi. The brass plates obtained by Nephi from Laban provided scriptural source material for the record keepers of the large and small plates of Nephi. Some of the material on the brass plates is quoted on the small plates of Nephi. Ether, the last prophet of the Jaredites, wrote a history of his people on 24 gold plates. The plates of Ether were discovered by a Nephite expedition that wandered into the lands of the Jaredites after the Jaredites had all been destroyed. These plates were first translated by King Mosiah. Moroni abridged this record onto the plates of Mormon, adding his own commentary as he did so. His abridgment of the Jaredite history became the Book of Ether. The plates of Mormon also contain the writings of Mormon and Moroni. Mormon and Moroni's own writings are found in the books of the Words of Mormon, Mormon, and Moroni, as well as Mormon's commentary found in the books of Mosiah through 4th Nephi. The final completed record delivered by the resurrected Moroni to Joseph Smith was called the Plates of Gold or Gold Plates. Joseph Smith described these plates in 1842 as having the appearance of gold with each plate being six inches wide and eight inches long and not quite so thick as common tin. They were filled with engravings in Egyptian characters and bound together in a volume similar to the leaves of a book with three rings running through the hole. The volume was something near six inches in thickness." Unquote. Witnesses who were able to lift the plates of Mormon described them as weighing somewhere between 40 and 60 pounds, and that is consistent with gold plates that are made from an alloy, probably an alloy of copper and gold. Gold, pure gold, would be too uh, malleable, um, and the plates would settle down too, uh, too much. Uh, if you mix it with copper, give it a little bit of stiffness, uh, they would retain some rigidity. So it's very, very likely, based on their weight, that they were not 24 karat gold. A substantial portion of the plates of Mormon was sealed. It contained revelations given to the brother of Jared, which Moroni transcribed. Joseph Smith did not open or translate this sealed portion. Let's turn next to the subject of the Book of Mormon. From the title page, we read, Wherefore, it is an abridgment of the record of the people of Nephi, and also of the Lamanites. This is the first of two statements on the title page about the subject matter of the Book of Mormon. The small plates of Nephi and Mormon's abridgment of the large plates of Nephi contained a record of the Nephites and their interactions with the Lamanites. 
the target audience of the Book of Mormon from the title page, written to the Lamanites, which are a remnant of the house of Israel, and also to Jew and Gentile. The Book of Mormon was intended for three audiences. Lamanites, modern-day Lamanites, who are part of the house of Israel, Jews, and Gentiles. According to Nephi, the Gentiles in the last days would receive the Book of Mormon first, and they would take it to the Lamanites, the remnant of the seed of Lehi, and to the Jews. How and why the Book of Mormon was written? From the title page we read, written by way of commandment, and also by the spirit of prophecy and of revelation. The authors of the Book of Mormon repeatedly affirmed that they were commanded to write by the Lord or by those who had passed the records to them. The existence of this record is not accidental. The Lord directed it from the very beginning. The spiritual gifts of prophecy and revelation are mentioned together 11 times in the Book of Mormon, and these gifts are connected with having the power and authority of God. It was through the spirit of prophecy that the coming of Christ was foretold to Lehi's descendants. It was through the spirit of revelation that the eventual downfall of the Nephite people was revealed. How the Book of Mormon was preserved, again from the title page, written and sealed and hid up unto the Lord, that they might not be destroyed, to come forth by the gift and power of God, under the interpretation thereof sealed up by the hand of Moroni, and hid up unto the Lord. The Lord gave commandments not only that the Book of Mormon should be written, but that it should be sealed up and hid up to preserve it for a time when it would come forth and be translated by the gift and power of God. And that time was in the early 19th century. How the Book of Mormon was revealed from the title page to come forth in the due time by way of the Gentile, the interpretation thereof by the gift of God. The term Gentile here does not refer to Joseph Smith, who was a descendant of Joseph, the Old Testament patriarch and great-grandson of Abraham. Rather, it's an odd phrasing that probably refers to the Gentiles, plural, to whom the Book of Mormon and the Gospel would be revealed in the last days, and who would in turn share them with the Jews, and the remnant of the Lamanites. The subject of the Book of Mormon. Now, this is the second subject of two. We covered the first one on a previous slide. From the title page we read, an abridgment taken from the Book of Ether also, which is a record of the people of Jared, which were scattered at the time the Lord confounded the language of the people when they were building a tower to get to heaven. In addition to be a, being a record of the Nephites, the Book of Mormon also contains an account of the Jaredites, whose records were bridged by Moroni as the Book of Ether. The Book of Mormon then states three purposes. This is the first of them from the title page, which is to shew or show unto the remnant of the house of Israel how great things the Lord hath done for their fathers. As a side note, the Book of Mormon printer's manuscript and first edition from 1830 read how great things. How in this context is an archaic form of English that was once synonymous with what. In 1837, Joseph Smith changed this passage to read what great things in the second edition of the Book of Mormon, and that con continues to this day. Returning to the statement of purpose, though, 
The Book of Mormon is a record of God's works among the children of Lehi. Some of the great things he accomplished among them include delivering Nephi and his brothers from Laban, giving Lehi's family directions through the Liahona, saving Lehi's family from the destruction of Jerusalem, delivering the Nephites from death, bondage, and afflictions, preserving the plates of brass and other writings so that many people could be saved through the words on them, Jesus Christ ministering to the Lehites, bringing the family of Jared safely across the ocean of the Promised Land. The Lord told Moroni, quote, Come unto me, O ye house of Israel, and it shall be made manifest unto you how great things the Lord, the Father hath laid up for you from the foundation of the world. Unquote. Second statement of purpose from the title page, and that they may know the covenants of the Lord, that they are not cast out forever. The Book of Mormon speaks both of covenants and of a covenant people. Like the Bible, the Book of Mormon contains the covenants of the Lord. Some examples of these covenants include the Lord's covenant with Lehi, that the promised land would be a land for the inheritance of his seed. The Lord's covenant with Enos, that he would be that he would preserve the records of the Nephites and that he would bring them forth unto the Lamanites in his own due time. The Lord's covenant with Alma, that he would have eternal life. Moroni testified that if we, the readers of the latter day, in the latter days, by the grace of God are perfect in Christ and deny not his power, then we are sanctified in Christ by the grace of God through the shedding of the blood of Christ, which is the covenant of the Father under the remission of our sins, that we become holy without spot. That's Moroni 10.33. I would suggest that last one is the most important as far as we are concerned, because it shows us the way to obtain eternal life. The Book of Mormon strongly affirms that the Lord remembers and keeps his covenants. And then the third statement of purpose from the title page, and also to the convincing of the Jew and Gentile that Jesus is the Christ, the eternal God, manifesting himself unto all nations. The prophet Nephi declared, quote, we labor diligently to write, to persuade our children and also our brethren to believe in Christ and to be reconciled to God. For we know that it is by grace that we are saved after all we can do. And we talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins." Unquote. That's from 2 Nephi 25, verses 23 and 26. Helaman taught his sons that there is no other way nor means whereby man can be saved, only through the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. In 1982, the First Presidency and Quorum of the Twelve Apostles decided that the Book of Mormon would be printed with the subtitle, Another Testament of Jesus Christ. The Book of Mormon also proclaims that Christ is the Holy One of Israel, the eternal God, the God, the Father of all things, and the Father of heaven and earth, the creator of all things from the beginning. It teaches these truths more clearly and explicitly than any other book of scripture. We must bear in mind that the term God is a title, one used by the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, that they are one God 
and that they are completely and perfectly united in bringing to pass the plan of salvation. Moroni's final warning from the title page. And now if there be fault, it be the mistake of men. Wherefore, condemn not the things of God, that ye may be found spotless at the judgment seat of Christ. The Book of Mormon is both a work of God and a work of men. It contains precious truths about how we can obtain eternal life. It was inspired in its writing, its preservation, and its translation. That does not mean it is free from error. In its original writing, its translation, and its publication, human errors have been introduced into the text. Some of these errors have been detected and fixed. Others have only recently been discovered. Some have not yet been corrected in our printed editions. It's likely that still more remain to be un, uh, discovered. We'll spend some time talking about textual errors in our next lesson. Moroni explained that some of its faults were due to limitations on, of space on the plates, which forced them to use an improvised written language that was less accurate than Hebrew. Despite the presence of discovered and undiscovered errors in the text, the Book of Mormon is not fatally flawed or uninspired. While its texts may contain human mistakes, its gospel message is true, plain, and uncorrupted. Moroni wrote, quote, This record shall be brought out of darkness unto light, according to the word of God. Yea, it shall be brought out of the earth, and it shall shine forth out of darkness, and come unto the knowledge of the people, and it shall be done by the power of God. And if there be faults, they are the faults of a man. But behold, we know no fault. Nevertheless, God knoweth all things. Therefore, he that condemneth, let him be aware, lest he shall be in danger of hellfire. That's Mormon 8, verses 16 and 17. In late November 1841, Joseph Smith told the Twelve Apostles that the Book of Mormon was the most correct of any book on earth, and the keystone of our religion, and a man would get nearer to God by abiding by its precepts than any other book. In his preface to the Annotated Book of Mormon, which I recommended earlier in this video, Grant Hardy expressed his testimony, and I earnestly echo his feelings. He wrote, I believe that God has spoken to people throughout history in different ways and different faith traditions, but the Book of Mormon is special. Over the course of my lifetime, this scripture has shaped my identity, engaged me intellectually and spiritually, sustained my faith, inspired me to be a better person, and I hope brought me closer to Christ. I believe the Book of Mormon is a gift from God, a revealed translation of a record written by ancient American prophets. I expect someday to stand in the presence of God, along with Nephi and Moroni, where I will be judged, at least in part, by how I have treated this text. This concludes our first lesson on the Book of Mormon. The next lesson is going to be different than any other in this course. I'm going to talk about the historicity or historical reality, geography, and textual transmission of the Book of Mormon. These are probably the three most controversial subjects in Book of Mormon studies, so I'd like to lay some groundwork for the rest of the year by going into them in depth. There's no specific reading for that next lesson, but please take a look at the class website where you'll find my notes, this PowerPoint presentation, and some links for further reading. Thanks again for joining me.